What's happening? I'm Digit Mason. I promise this is not just another update. We have an actual episode for you today. Just wanted to mention that toward the end of this episode, we're talking about some Nintendo games and a possible Direct that might be coming up. We recorded this back in September, and that's why we don't mention Tears of the Kingdom or uh, any of the other announcements that Nintendo made between now and then. So if you're wondering what's up, that would be why. Anyway, let's roll the music. Hey Brandon, what are you playing right now? It's a fantastic question. I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> I had no idea you were going to ask me that. Wow. You really catch up. This is episode up, 5. Keep up. <laughs> uh, I'm playing a few things. Uh, I can't say I'm doing much single player stuff at the moment. I've been so busy. Like, compared to Fair. how I was doing nothing for the first, like, six months of living in this apartment, now I just feel like I'm constantly doing work. It's great. Yeah. But every uh, couple of weeks, I, I, get, I try to get in a call with my friends. Uh, we actually, me and you, we played Smash Bros. the other day. We did. That was fun. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that was the only thing you would have to say if I asked you what you played, and I just stole it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I do have other answers, but <laughs> go oh, ahead. Good. Oh, I look forward to that. Uh, but no, that was, <laughs> it was really fun. We got our... Uh, it was actually... It was more even than I thought it was going to be. You beat me. Uh, like There was like a good four... You had a four-win streak there. I was impressed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I went into that thinking I was going to, like, dominate you. But no, like, it was pretty back and forth, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I definitely don't consider myself to be, like, all that skilled of a Smash player, for sure. But Well, that uh, just makes the experience that much more humbling. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great either. I'm, I'm definitely very much a, a casual Smash player. I don't player. think... I don't think either of us were taking it all that seriously. We were just shooting the breeze, having fun. It was good. Oh, yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. And we had every once in a while uh, some random <laughs> random strangers join our little smash thing. And uh, <laughs> some of them were great. Some of them caused us lag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just absolutely <laughs> annihilate your ping. Like, I'm pretty sure one of them was from Japan. And it just, like, tanked our, our game's <laughs> frame rate. <laughs> Always good. Uh, other than that, with my buddies, I, I, I might have mentioned this in another episode, but I've been playing a lot of golf with friends. That game is so fun, dude. I don't know what it is. It like th There's something about the simplicity of golf games that are just really fun. <laughs> and, like, this game That's has awesome. such a such a Windows, like, XP kind of look to it. it. It looks like a, a game you'd find <laughs> on, like, the Windows Live Games app from 2007. I'm just, I'm just, I love yeah. it. Uh, I played some Move or Die with them, another indie game that's really fun. Really, like, you know, simple, uh, quick, fast-paced mini-games. Really fun. Uh, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I also tried Multiverses with my friend Goose, and that was... Oh. It just kind of feels like worse Smash, which is what every yeah, type of those games is. that's a downer. I just feel like there's no company that's going to put the amount of time and effort that Sakurai put it into Smash into their version of it. Well, and it from what I've seen online, it feels a lot like, because uh, I mean there was a, there was a SpongeBob one, right? Like a Nickelodeon, yeah, the All Stars brawl, yeah, and and then this one, and I mean I'm sure there's others too that you know just on the fringes, they are like all, it seems like they are entirely banking all of their marketing on the fact that 
hey, you can play as these characters. And it's like, yeah, great. How is the actual fighting? Like, how is this as a game? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's I not. Know. I haven't tried them either, so. It's not terrible. Like, it, it, it plays perfectly serviceably, but it's like, you can tell there is so much polish and thought that goes into the movesets and the, the physics of Smash Bros. For, like, each individual character. That when you're playing this game, it's like, yes, yeah. they all have unique moves and they all do their own thing. But there's just, like, a layer of uh, of polish that's not there. It doesn't feel quite as, like, satisfying to do everything you can do in Smash. Like, it's it's just the, the level of finesse that you don't notice until you go to other games. And you're like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. actually... It's actually not easy to make a good game. <laughs> no, especially like a good fighting game. You need to have really satisfying controls to pull it off. Yeah. And also knowing that just with, with Smash, uh, all of the uh, balancing and stuff that they did over the years, I mean, they aren't working on it anymore, but it was an ongoing process of balancing each character. And, I mean, they obviously launched it as good as they could, but... As you add more characters with different movesets and things, yeah, you gotta you gotta make some changes because it is a particularly a competitive scene too. So, oh, absolutely! I think it just hit twenty million players worldwide. Like the game blew up, which is sick, crazy. What I will give the game is that it is hilarious. The uh, the character roster and and who you can have fight like Bugs Bunny up against Arya from. Game of Thrones, is that will never not be funny to me. Oh, yeah, because this is Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, Warner Brothers owns everything. For the most part? Yeah. <laughs> so you get everything from DC Heroes to Bugs Bunny cartoons to Scooby-Doo to Game of Thrones. So, like, it's just such a... If you think the Smash roster is weird, no, it doesn't even come close to the multi-versus <laughs> roster. It was weird when it first came out. And over time, we've become accustomed to it <laughs> well it's it's like at least they would smash it's all video game characters now it can just be anything yeah yeah they could just yeah just put dwayne johnson in there who cares <laughs> like why not wait was this the one that uh because I, I feel like i was seeing on twitter a lot of people were like modding it to like add characters that weren't already in the game like just ridiculous picks that doesn't surprise that only me. fans would ever pick <laughs> yeah yeah, I think I, I think I've seen that too. I think they tried doing that with the uh, the Nickelodeon game. I feel like every one of these gets those weird characters get they get modded in. Right. Yeah. Because that's that's the purpose of modding is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the game is good as it is, but it you know, <laughs> adding that extra element of zaniness is always good. Oh yeah, I I have a I have a strong appreciation for modders. Game developers that don't let you mod your game at all that annoys the heck out of me. Yeah. Uh, I got one more. I've been playing the uh, the Ninja Turtles, the new Ninja Turtles game. Oh, I don't think I've heard of that. Uh, it's pretty solid. It's like, it's it's very much a follow-up to uh, Turtles in Time back on the Super Nintendo. It's really good. I was playing it with uh, Sick. our mutual friend Dave at his house. It's a great time. I knew I was going to like it. I actually owned the uh, the arcade one-up uh, machine for the classic, like the 80s Turtles in Time game. And I loved that. Oh, thing. was this a remake? Did they remake one of the, or remaster? No, like it's it, it's a new game, but it's in the exact same style as the older games. Oh, sick! Yeah, and they play really, really well. The controls are tight. It's very much 
the same kind of game as uh, as the Super Nintendo games. And it's solid. It's really good. It's beautiful to look at. The cutscenes are cool. The music's great. Everything I think classic fans would have wanted. Uh, Just a like a, a retro beat-em-up style? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And those have always been like Rock a on. holy grail in the beat-em-up world. So, yeah. It lives up to the to the hype. Love it. How about you, man? What are you playing? Well, um, course, my mind. every episode, I've got to bring up Animal Crossing. Of course. Absolutely. Um, uh, but recently, so this is uh, not a new game by any stretch of the imagination, but it is somewhat new to me. Um, finally got around to picking up basically like the only Switch game that I was actually kind of had on my wish list for a while, which was um, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Oh, you did um, buy it. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's solid. I mean, it's another, another platformer, just one that I have not really uh, had a lot of time to play, so... Are you are you going through the game co-op or just uh, on your own? We're doing co-op, two player. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's. I, I find this, and this is always the the issue with uh, a co-op like shared kind of experience where you're like, are they going to do a split screen kind of thing, or like, what are they? How are they going to manage that? I feel like they do a decent job of it. It, I mean, it's probably as good as it can get. Um, where like if one of us goes like ahead a little bit um, or falls behind or whatever, they you know they do that bubble mechanic where you <laughs> one of the players has to be like, okay, let's let's ferry you on here. Come on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brings you to warps over. <laughs> I think that worked a little better in the, the 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 new Super Mario Bros. games that are 2D. It still works fine in 3D world because like all the areas are pretty self-contained. So if you're going ahead, it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's not like a big open world. It's uh, it still yeah. works. Yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, they they didn't even try to do that with Odyssey, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I do not know how they would have done that well if that was ever on the table. Multiplayer uh, Super Mario Odyssey. I would no, it's love been, it's been to good. see them try to do a multi, like a proper multiplayer mode in the big 3D open world Mario games. I think that'd be yeah, so much fun. Yeah, it would probably. Pr- it probably would just end up being like a split screen kind of thing or something. I don't. I don't know. I could see them doing it. I could see them doing it split screen. I think that would work just fine. Uh, I also yeah. think it, it could work in like potentially like a Lego Star Wars format, where you just kind of are with you're kind of tethered to each other to a certain degree. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's... Which comes with its own frustrations sometimes when you know you're not. And that's that's I think what I'm finding too is like we're not necessarily playing in all of the same areas like i might be in one spot and then we have to kind of be like oh i'm uh, hold up <laughs> i'm trying to get this thing over here and then you know catch up or whatever but yeah right right and i actually have one other thing to mention um i uh while back um having played through another so this obviously being a, a 2d platformer with um and also a Wii U title. Interesting how that works. Um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Oh. Um, sorry, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, I guess. Um, you know, I played that a, a while back, um, which also loved it. Um, 
I definitely I get that it's not a it's it's not a 3D platformer, so it has you know it's hearkening back to the the days of 2D, which I did I am still very fond of. Um, just it's just a different experience. Um, the thing that I recently uh, accomplished with it, and I did post this. Um, uh, there's a hard mode for the game, so like once you beat the kind of the whole story, whatever, they're then like. Hey, why don't you go ahead and play the game again? But the, you only have one health for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but I was like, you know what? Okay, let's do this. Oh lord! Because I enjoyed the game enough that uh, I got through that, and um, yeah, it <laughs> it took me like a year, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> That's impressive. Beat the whole game. <laughs> That's legitimately Twice. impressive. Uh, it's the thing is too. There's even a third option on top of that, which is like a time trial thing, and that I will never do. No, I hate time trial. I have no interest in trying to like the game is fun enough when you're just playing it casually, and I think that the challenge of trying to manage the fact that you can't take a single hit through the whole game. Um, there's definitely some difficulty spikes in there, but like it, it was enough that it managed that difficulty. So I feel like I still enjoyed a good 80% of it. But if I was to try and race the clock, like that's just, that has never really been a thing that I've enjoyed in games, like games that are not already set up to be a race type game. Like if you're not like, we're not talking Mario Kart, like. I just, I can't do it. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. Although I do have, apparently have the patience to play through the entire game twice. Uh, the second time, <laughs> anxiety inducing <laughs> because you can't, you can't get hit even once. Ah, that uh, is not my thing. <laughs> I would lose my mind trying to do that. <laughs> well, and I do, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. But you are also the guy who is like a hundred percent in Mario Odyssey like five times, so <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a bit of an over exaggeration, but yeah, I have, I have uh, beaten that game at least twice. I think I'm forgetting now. I'm with you on the uh, on the time trial thing. I unless it's like literally a racing game, I don't have any interest in time trials. But what I will say. Because they, they do this in a lot of racing games. And if you if you added this to a platformer, I'd be more interested. It's such a simple addition. But to make a time trial a lot more engaging to me, they, they often do that uh, that ghost thing where you can see your last playthrough as you're trying to beat it. So you mm, can see, right, you can see yeah, the, yeah. You can see the ghost of yourself doing exactly what you did last round. And like that, there's something about that that's motivating to try to like catch up to yourself or beat him. Yeah. So, in that context, I kind of like time trials, but still not enough to do them. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's that, and that's where, uh, I mean, unfortunately, uh, the one long-term gaming project that I'm still trying to, not actively anymore, but I'd still like to finish at some point, um, I'd gone through and 100% uh, of the, the Crash games, mm -hmm. except I'm still... I have not finished uh, Crash Warped yet. There's, there is some, 
some of the last couple levels that were that, you know, they've added that time mechanic in there, obviously, with uh, Entropy, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a straight up mechanic as opposed to just being like, a lot of games will just kind of like have that as a fun thing. Like they won't, they won't have that as a requirement for like, you can't 100% this game unless you beat it within a certain amount of time. I, I think cr- the first Crash didn't have that at all. And then the second one might have, I don't remember. I don't think the first one did. I I think no. that, that that was a more common thing in, in the 90s and early 2000s to try to like give you more reason to play the game. Yeah. I, I hate it, especially in Crash, because then it becomes like a matter of having a flawless run where you want to do like you want to jump at the exact same point every time you want to like break it down to a science and you like you could do the course with your eyes closed because you know exactly when to jump. And it's, yeah, that's not fun to me. That takes all the, the life out of a game. So no, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, there there are levels that I enjoy with that, like, you know, trying to beat the clock in certain cases. But I can think of two examples specifically in Crash 3 where that was just, like, painful. Where I was like, I do want to be able to say that I 100%ed the original Crash trilogy at some point. I've done the first two, and I'm happy with that. The third one, I I mean, Crash 3 is casually a fantastic game. But the two examples I can think of where if you're trying to beat it time trial mode... Specifically, the swimming levels. Oh, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Hate them. They're fun enough when you're not trying to race the clock, but the fact that you're in water and now you have to, like, perfectly find all of the exact right lines, avoid all of these stupid enemies, and, you know, they've also got these, like, crates that you can pause the clock with, basically. So you have to, like, try and find optimal ways of of attacking that. And I mean, I totally understand the speedrunning community around these games, players that like absolutely love to optimize the absolute crap out of games, totally respect that. Just not something I am interested in whatsoever. So there's that, there's the swimming levels. And then I don't don't know if you remember, there's those couple plane levels in Crash 3. Oh. Where you're flying around in this little plane, you have to shoot down these blimps, and there, those levels are already, like, excruciatingly frustrating, all just playing it casually. But then when you're trying to race the clock, and, like, the, the amount of distance you have to fly in order to successfully, like, target and shoot these blimps down, and then also you've got these annoying enemies that are shooting at you, you run out of health really quickly, it's just... It is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about those. They, they, they copied that out of Spyro. Because in Spyro, you had those stupid like intermission levels where you had to go kill the 10 planes, light the 10 lighthouses, <laughs> blow up the 10 barrels, and you have to do it in like, a very strict time limit. I hated yeah. those. Yeah. What? I don't know where those came from. Like, how... I mean, obviously, they, they needed to... They needed to find a way to split up the the monotony and i think like in some ways it makes sense because they are you know they're adding some additional mechanics keeping it fresh so like especially for those of us like who do want to play through the entire game you don't want it to just be a slog from beginning to end you want to be able to break up some of those regular platforming sections with other stuff 
but <laughs> it can be hit or miss when you're like, with something like that, where it's like, especially in Crash, you're hopping in a plane, and it's like, it, they're maybe trying to like, make it slightly like the those Sea-Doo sections, which are, I would say, a fair bit more fun. Not the greatest always, especially if you're trying to race the clock, but that's <laughs> that's true of anything. But yeah. like it's it's almost like that, but worse. Because you move slowly and people are shooting at you constantly and the blimps are like three kilometers away. It's like, what is this? <laughs> I, I it's it, not the it's not the same game. It's a totally different game then. I'm actually glad you're bringing this up because I think anytime well, maybe not anytime, but like ninety percent of the time, that when you have a like a good game formula and then you to try to spice it up and diversify the gameplay by adding a new genre for part of the game, it will always suck. Like almost always. It's terrible. Or I, it's just incredibly hard to get right. You have to, like, you have to, it takes a lot of work, I think, to perfect something like that, to make it as fun as the other stuff. But especially if you're, like, really jumping outside of the established genre, like in this case, you know, it being a platformer, and then you're turning it into controlling a plane. Like, that plane level better be really fun or... Uh... <laughs> But that's the thing. Problem. They never are. They're never fun ever. And this happened with like I swear every B grade 3D platformer from the 2000s. Like Tack did it. Uh, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger did it. You'd be like, yeah, it's a it's a 3D adventure game. But then also here's a vehicle section for no reason. And the vehicle doesn't control well. And you have to collect eight of these uh, yeah. things in a very strict time limit. It's like why? That's not why I bought the game. I bought the game to run around yeah. as a kangaroo in the Australian Outback. This isn't at all what I wanted. And it, it's just, it almost never works. Now, there's like a few cases where it's like, it's its harmless enough. Like in, in the new Sonic Mania game that came out a number of years back, um, after the first level, you have to play a single round of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which is just Poyo oh. Poyo Tetris. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a boss fight. You get to the end of the level and you play this Poyo Poyo Tetris with Robotnik and it's... <laughs> It was kind of neat, actually. I liked it. So that's like an yeah. example where I think it was it was unoffensive. But normally, yeah. they just don't put nearly any polish into whatever they're adding. And it, uh, it doesn't feel nearly as good to play as the rest of the game. The Spyro one is a great right. example because technically, it's still a collect-a-thon. You haven't changed that part of it. But yeah. you've taken what the game is and it's like a, uh, you know, kind of a hide-and-seek game, a treasure hunt game where you have to go around and find where all the gems are hidden and you have no time limit there's no restriction you just have to run around and look for stuff yeah which is the core philosophy of the game so when you change the core philosophy of your gameplay for like a few random levels it just kind of throws everything out of balance because now oh now there's a strict time limit now you can't walk you have to fly the whole time it's like yeah what this is a different game now why yeah stop when i'm thinking a modern example i'm curious uh on your thoughts with this one so Mario Odyssey, mm -hmm. the the specific section that I'm thinking of right now that I'm very much dreading, because it eventually I will get to 100% it again, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to have to play these levels. The snow race. Oh, yeah. Where you're bouncing around as this little blubber guy and trying to go off of ramps. I just... <laughs> 
interesting. I, I think as a novelty, I did like it the first time I did it, but I do yeah. remember getting frustrated with it very quickly. What? Right. And so you say novelty. I think that sort of reminds me, it feels a little bit like, oh, this is like a Mario Party mini game. It's like, oh, this is an interesting little diversion, you know, try and figure out how to control this thing. Great. But then you have to do it like three or four times if you're trying to 100% it. And especially, so like there's, the first one is, the, like there's two specific levels um, of that and the tracks are entirely different. The first one is fine. The second one is like, there's a term in, in racing games called rubber banding. Yeah. Which I'm sure you might be familiar with where yeah. like your opponent's, uh, you have to be perfect or they will catch up to you and probably pass you. That second level, which is much harder and much longer, um, and the, the the time that you have to beat it within in order to get the like secondary reward or whatever it is. Oh, I hate that. That is by far the thing that I like the least about that game. Thankfully, it it doesn't take up um a whole lot of time in the grand scheme of playing the rest of the game but yeah that is the that is the one thing that i i dread <laughs> about having to 100% odyssey which otherwise is like you know a tier game that i have to mention every episode of this podcast <laughs> oh of course no, that and animal crossing that's your uh, your whole right. <laughs> your whole persona i will give the race a lot more slack than i will give spyro or uh, games like Ty, because Mario Odyssey's core philosophy is play what you want. We added so much stuff that you can you can skip all the stuff you don't like. And that first right, race right. that you have to do to get to the next level is very unoffensive. Like it's yeah, yeah. I think I beat it my first try, maybe my second if I if I really screwed up. It, I I remember the first time I actually kind of liked it. It was when I came back later to get uh, to do it the other times. I didn't like it as much. Um. And I love that that game philosophy. They've been doing that since Mario 64, where you can just kind of do things out of order and, and some things you can just skip entirely if you don't want to. I do not believe that 100%ing a game is a necessary way to enjoy a game. I think that's like, if you're oh, a completionist yeah, totally type, fair. if you just really get an immense satisfaction from getting 100% and you want to challenge yourself, then yeah, having some like kind of bullshit <laughs> level design is... Uh, is okay. I think that's actually fine in in that context. But let me yeah. don't don't roadblock the rest of the game with one of those segments and randomly ramp up the difficulty with a different genre of game. You know. Yeah. So. Well, and that's yeah. that's something that I've I've had to remind myself sometimes is that like, if I do get to the point in a game where I'm not enjoying it, I don't necessarily have to feel that self motivated factor of like. No, I still have to complete this game. Like, mm -hmm. doesn't matter if I hate it, I have to complete it. Well, no. No, I don't. I can decide what I want to play. <laughs> it's true. If I don't like it, I can just walk away. Absolutely. I don't do that with a lot of games, but there there have been times where, like... I'm thinking of a Steam game at the moment where, like, I started playing it. I It was probably one of those that I just inadvertently got from a Humble Bundle or something. Uh, was one of those things that it came with it, so it wasn't the main game that I was wanting to get, but it was just a bonus. And I tried it, and I was like, 
no, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped playing it. I just have to do that more. I have to be okay with that more, I think. Yeah, no, you do. If you don't like a game, you don't like a game. Put it down, try something else. That's, that's yeah. the way it is. It's conflicting with the game you do like, where it's like, you, re- you Odyssey is a great example because I love the gameplay of it so much. I think it's the best Mario game we've ever gotten. Um, so once you, like, you kind of want to keep playing it even when it gets hard. And it's, it's an example of a game that I think is, uh, I like it when it gets hard because I like the challenge that it provides in those rarer instances. Yeah, um, but no. If you just don't like a game like right off the bat, no, stop, stop playing it. What are you doing? <laughs> stop wasting <your> time. <laughs> yeah, I just realized actually, I ha- I do have one other game that I technically have been playing, and uh, I don't often think I, I I often forget actually that this is even an option. Um, but having Switch Online, you obviously have access to the uh, library of whatever uh, Nintendo and and Super Nintendo games that they include um, yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah, that's how I played uh, Mario Bros. 3 a while ago. Right, yeah. I uh, I went back and um, I actually played through most of the game um, Donkey Kong Country 2, which I was like, dang, I don't think I actually ever got through most of this game it was great <laughs> interesting how did you uh, like it the second one i like i have a i've i've played the first one a ton and uh loved it i think <laughs> the second one it brings well i will say this uh dixie kong is by far my favorite character okay. um that that floating hair ju- hair jump thing is um love it uh <laughs> Especially when it comes to, like, in those days, uh, fairly punishing platformers, to be honest. If you didn't oh, yeah. make a jump, you're dead, and you have to start over. Yeah. Um, so that that was a very welcome addition, I think. Not not to say that I didn't enjoy any part of uh, the first one. Um, but it was just this, this thing that was, you know, just a nice little addition to have um, on top of everything else that they brought to the table. Um so, and this part is not specific to the game, but I will say the one thing that I uh, unfortunately <laughs> realized. Uh, so with these games that are obviously being emulated, they actually give you the option to basically make save states, oh, which yeah. is a little bit surprising. Like Nintendo actually was just like, yeah, no, you can just save your progress at any point, which is mm-hmm. was never an option on the original hardware you'd have to beat a specific amount of levels and then you'd get to a save point. And that was the only way that you could save your progress. And if you couldn't do it all in one run, you're I'm done. not even convinced. <laughs> I'm not even convinced it was possible to do it on the original hardware if they wanted to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, even more convenient, I guess, you can literally rewind time. You can just go, oh, I didn't make that jump. Kate, let's rewind. Yeah. yeah. That is a very bad feature to give someone like me because then I'm just going to rewind constantly. I mean, like, it's... They'll just be like, I died? No, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, if you feel like you're cheating, it is what it is. But, like, as an accessibility option, I'm kind of glad they added it. 
to be honest. Oh, it's to like, oh, totally. That's yeah. the kind of game where you'll get frustrated and never pick it up again because you just keep dying at the same part and like you're gonna you're gonna make me replay this whole level. I've proven I can get this far. Let me start from where I'm struggling. Right. Yes, and I mean it's yeah it it does. I will say this: it makes for a much more enjoyable experience, at least for me personally, because then I can say, "Oh, well, this is a hard section." Well, then, you know, I don't have to die and start at the very beginning of the level i can just go back a little bit decide where i want to start from and then give it another shot and you know much more quickly figure out what i'm doing wrong or uh I can, it even just gives me the freedom to go is there a secret like and this is kind of more specific to like uh, donkey kong country or other platformers where i'm going it looks like this is just like a bottomless pit coming up if I jump a little bit further, is there going to be like a secret barrel or something? So I can just do that, just try it, and be like, oh no, there's nothing there. And then rewind, and I haven't lost any progress at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just great. It's just, I will say this, it is very annoying for someone who isn't playing the game to listen to that. Because you're just hearing that rewind sound effect constantly. <laughs> I don't know if I ever used the rewind for Mario Three, but I definitely took advantage of some of the state of the save states in the later levels. I would like I'd make yeah. one right before a part I'm gonna suck at, and then I would just keep resetting yeah. the save state. Well, and you wouldn't even have to do that though. That's what I discovered is like it's it's constantly recording your progress, and so like it's actually faster to just rewind it than it is to go through the menu and and make a save state or overwrite an existing one. Um, you can just like. I think you have to hit the triggers, like hold down the tr both of the triggers at the same time, and then it just pops up that um, menu where it just it gives you a bunch of screenshots, and you can just go, oh yeah, I'll just start back here. So you scroll back a little bit. Okay, let's start there. Click OK, and then boom. <laughs> I'm familiar with it because they did the same thing on the uh, the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic that they released a number of years ago. That they're the same. Oh yeah, right. That makes sense. The, yeah, they had that same system, and I. Remember, so the reason I, I wasn't using it now was because I would forget about it and then I would like, I'd go waste four lives and realize, oh, what am I doing? I could just reset my save state. And I, the yeah. rewind at that point is like, it'd only go back so far. So yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. totally. So I'll just reload the save state and then I got used to doing that. Well, yeah, it's two two different ways of accomplishing the same thing. But I yeah, I that I think overall it it meant that I could complete the game faster, which I mean... Always a always a plus in my book, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it gave me a a better sense of like being able to explore explore the limits of the game without being like oh crap if I if I get hit here or if I fall this bottomless pit uh, have to go all the way back because they don't really have checkpoints obviously in in those games it's, that really only became a thing. Much later, I think, with uh, with a lot more 3D titles. Yeah. Um, the sorts of games that I don't play for whatever reason. Because <laughs> they're new. I can't play new games. Oh, heaven forbid. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it respects your time. That's the biggest thing. Because as, as I'm not a kid anymore. I, I remember playing through Mario yeah. Bros. 3 as a kid. I would stay up for hours and hours and hours trying to beat a world. And then you, you lose in the water level. And you have to like redo the whole world map. And it's like, I just don't have the time anymore. Like it, right. It's frustrating to begin with. It's an accessibility thing. It's just, thank you. I, I don't have the time to go replay every level. I, nor do I even want to. 
Like I already struggled through those levels yeah. and I beat them. I proved I could do it. Let me continue from here. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a, definitely a, a welcoming addition to what originally, like they are, the, the Donkey Kong Country games are loved for a reason. They, they still, I would say graphically, they still hold up. Like, honestly, uh, it's not as impressive as it was in the day with that whole pre-rendered graphics thing. But, like, I don't know. They still look gorgeous. Those that, that could just be my nostalgia talking. But, like, I love it. I, I They, yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to those games anytime. I watched a great documentary on the making of those games, and it's just so fascinating how they how they pulled it off and how advanced it was for the time that they came out. I, uh, oh, way ahead of their time. Yeah. So it was crazy. And like I look at them now and I have a very strong appreciation for them, but I have never beat them and I don't I have to like force myself to go play them if I want to because I I remember <laughs> I had them on Game Boy growing up. And Oh, yeah. Playing them on Game Boy is a miserable experience because you're getting like that screen crunch. It's like a, uh, it's <laughs> like a lot of detail in the colors. <laughs> yeah, the color gambit sucks. You're working with like detailed graphics on just the most garbage screen you've ever seen in your life. Because I didn't have a backlit screen either, so it was just like yeah, a the, miserable I always time. forget that Game Bo- like even my Game Boy Advance doesn't have a backlit screen. And no. looking back now, I'm just like. How on earth did I play anything on this? <laughs> I genuinely, I'm baffled by it when I go back. Even the the first iteration of the Game Boy Advance SP, the one that flips and folds, that one also yep. doesn't have a backlit screen. Well, it has like a really weak one if, up until they did a revision partway through. And then you get a, yep. a really nice bright screen. But like, yeah, I had a Game Boy Advance and I was playing the Donkey Kong Country games on it. And it just sucked because they're already hard to begin with on the Super Nintendo. Make it even more difficult yeah. by... Oh, now you can't see, and it's letterbox to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. They, I mean, it is. It, it's it's reasonably punishing, and I mean, yeah. Like especially, I think back to the first one. That's you know always the 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 prototype of the series where they're still figuring things out. I think I feel like Crash One did the same thing, where it's like for Absolutely. whatever reason they didn't have a great save system in place you'd have to beat like a certain amount of levels before you could save at all and so Mm -hmm. you could be playing for like a good half hour to an hour and you make one little mistake if you lose all your lives well then it's literally game over and wherever you were last off like three or four levels back you just lost everything it's like yeah either you're a kid and you just suck it up and keep going or <laughs> you're just like screw this <laughs> i have taxes to do like what <laughs> <laughs> i got a nine to five to be at i can't i can't be doing yeah. this <laughs> i will take a second to appreciate um the, the the old way of doing it where you didn't have save states for the record i think save states are only a good thing and um i'm glad they're available now but i do have like a very fond memory of my time as a kid playing through games like that and and dying at a stupid point and having to replay through like the whole game to get back to where I was and like is it an inferior way of doing things now yes but did it make for some like really intense memories absolutely it did sitting with my friends trying to play through Mario Bros 3 in one go and it's like if you can do it 
after you practice enough and you just keep trying at it and then you can say yeah i beat the whole game without any save states there is like a sense of satisfaction that comes with that much like it's like scaling a mountain it's like you exactly you've you've had to there's only one way to beat the game and it it is really just down to muscling through Mm -hmm. 100% I loved those uh, because we would man I I swear we would spend like entire days from like 10am to whenever we'd go to bed maybe 6pm maybe supper I don't know but we'd spend like 8 hours trying to (laughs) beat a game together and that was just ah that's a fond memory I can't imagine doing that now like dying over and over again Uh, no no thank you yeah yeah I'm pretty sure with the with Donkey Kong Country 2 there I I sat down on like a Saturday or something and I ended up like going through most of the game. No, I did actually, I did get to the end. So like I didn't actually 100% it because obviously it's uh, a lot of it has to do with like secrets and collectibles and hidden exits, etc. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll get to that level with it, but yeah, in all in one session, I was able to go from, basically beginning to end and enjoyed it because I could use those save states and that rewind feature. It just, it cut down on the amount of time I had to put into the game. And I don't feel like I lost anything from that either. I still enjoyed the game. It just meant I was, you know, removing a lot of those death animations that (laughs) you have to watch through and all the progress you lose. So. Oh, it really takes down the length of the game. Like you're going to finish it substantially quicker. Oh, yeah. That gameplay yeah. philosophy, I think, was actually just a way... One, I don't think they, they had a, a, a save system figured out. Maybe on the Super Nintendo, they, they could have. But, like, I think that was also just a way to make your game longer. You know? Get them to play it. Oh, yeah. Give it more time, yeah. more hours. Just a, added adding that level of difficulty, which... If it's if it's measured out and doled out in, in the correct amounts and balanced with everything else, it can make it feel like it's a... An enjoyable experience even if it takes longer but oh yeah yeah it doesn't have to be that way anymore at least not with those games <laughs> there are new games usually indie games like celeste that like they do that ridiculous difficulty thing really well without save states because it's like it'll be it'll be like each level is a checkpoint right and then when you die you yeah. just immediately like immediately in a one second animation respawn at the start and you can try again you know yeah games like that that's really i think the evolution of um that kind of difficulty in games platforms yeah okay i may have not had fond memories of donkey kong country growing up but i loved donkey kong 64 and oh yeah it's it's hard to play it now just because of like it, you can really only play it on the n64 because the wii u virtual console version's broken and that's the only time they've ever ported it to anything i uh is it how is it broken I don't think I've heard of this. It's a fascinating story, actually. I uh, it's regale I love. Me. I will regale you. I will regale you right now. I I love the game. I think it's it, it gets way too much hate for what it is because of how many collectibles are in the game. It to this day, I think it is the game with the most collectibles ever. It was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most amount. Of right. <laughs> and my defense for that is, well, it's a collectathon. Like that's what the yeah. game is, and you could argue there's too many, but there's not because you only need a certain amount of them to 100% the game. Um, you don't need all of them. Like the coins don't matter at all, the ammo doesn't matter at all, the crystals don't matter yeah. at all. Anyway, so 
I love the game. I think it's very fun. Um, and it was such a big game for the N64 that you needed the expansion pack to play it. The little red thing that you put. That's right. Yeah. In your N64. And like it, 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 what's interesting is that they actually, it, the game, it wasn't like Majora's Mask where I think it actually requires it. Donkey Kong 64, you can play it without it, technically. Like, the game would run just fine. But there is a glitch, a bug in the game that they didn't know how to fix. And they couldn't find out, like, what was causing it. But they did learn that if you put the expansion pack in, it would just get rid of the bug. <laughs> so, so game they had design, to... man. <laughs> I find that so funny. So they had to bundle the game with the expansion pack. Um, right. Just so you could play it, it would like it would, I think it would freeze on the startup screen, and they just had no idea why, or somewhere in a level. I can't quite remember what the exact issue was. Yeah. Anyway, so when they made this game, they they coded it with the uh, because it's such a big game, and there's like it's quite open for uh, for an N64 game, and you're loading quite a few polygons at once. Yeah. Um, it's I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, because you can see so many uh, uh, polygons at once that th the, the game's frames are not great. Like, I think you're playing the game at an average of, like, 20, 18 right. frames per second. It, it lags depending on the level. <laughs> yeah, and it gets worse. Like, it'll dip down to 12, I think. It, it, it can get really bad. Right. And they took that into account when they were designing the game. So there's a lot of, like, timed minigame segments that you have to do to get some golden bananas. And they artificially slow down or speed up the timer. They adjust the timer for that lag and for that fr those frame dips in mind so that when you're playing some of these mini games, the, the timer will move slower. Um, right. I think I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. To compensate for the, the lost frames. So when they ported yeah. it to Wii U, that lag is no longer there. Those frames no longer dip. So the timer is too fast. I might have screwed up my exact wording for this. But basically, the problem yeah. that has been created is that when you're playing these mini games, it is damn near impossible to beat them because the timer will—you don't have enough time to finish the mini game. It's like it's brutally hard. <laughs> I think there's specifically the watermelon shooting mini game you have. Right. It's like you have to hit 20 or something, and then if hit 20 like foes, enemies, and uh, you have like three seconds to hit them. But because the the frames are no longer lagging, um, that three seconds is now like. 1.8 seconds and like you don't even have time to aim and shoot <laughs> and i'm i'm assuming it was outside of the scope of the port of this game for them to actually like unadjust that or whatever they were really just kind of going nope here's the file it'll oh, emulate sure. it on wii u here you go <laughs> i'm sure they did the bare minimum because this was developed by rare back in the day and now it's like who knows who's doing these ports so it's like right. probably just yeah. slapping the rom in the a Nintendo's emulator and saying good to go. So I didn't even know they they ported it ever. Like I thought that was just a lost relic of the N sixty four days. It was a big deal when they did because it was owned by Rare, um, or created by Rare anyway. Yeah. And they introduced new characters to the series, so it was like a weird gray area for a long time if they even could port it. And then they did, and now we're getting Banjo on on Switch, which is great. So oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So there's potential. But only with the it. only with the that uh, N64 uh, expansion, whatever the crap it's called. <laughs> yeah, you get it with the N64 online. Um, but the fact that they got it's pretty great. Like when they announced that, that was huge. Just as big as Banjo being in Smash, honestly. Yeah. 
Well, so. yeah, to see to see these games come back after so long. Even the banjo games, like they they never uh, brought those to other consoles, right? Like it was really just like N sixty four that Xbox game that nobody wants to think about. Well, they uh, did uh, <laughs> do full ports of Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie for uh, the Rare Replay Collection. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I was forgetting about that. So once Microsoft bought Rare, yes, they they own Banjo, and you can play it on all the Xbox consoles, and it it runs really well. It's in widescreen, it runs at a good frame rate. It, they're actually great ports, uh, mm. but just to, for it to be back on a Nintendo console is quite satisfying, since Rare basically made the N sixty four worth it. Right. Yeah. Well, and they, what were they like a second party developer for the longest time, and then yeah, Microsoft so ruined they, them or something. They did all the Donkey Kong Country games. They did uh, that. What's it called? RC Pro Am on the NES. RC Racing, something like that. Mm. Yep. And then pretty much like. Every game worth buying on the N64. They were the, the fact that Nintendo <laughs> never acquired Rare to this day is baffling. Right. Well, and and here's the thing that I think about because I mean I'm not I, I actually never played any of the banjo games, um, but obviously I was um, heavily affected by Rare's output in those days. You know, with the Donkey Kong Country series, and uh, I mean, yeah, I I did play Donkey Kong 64, um, Goldeneye, of course. Um, to think how well Xbox is doing now, and particularly I'm thinking of like Game Pass and some of the, the positive moves that they're making, it is really sad to think of how badly that was bungled when they were like, yeah, so we're going to acquire Rare and it's going to be great, and then actually you're just going to make uh, just knockoff titles that nobody wants to play for connect like <laughs> it so didn't weird. go well and if they if they had had the business savvy they have now back then the the alternate universe there where the acquiring rare didn't turn out as badly as it did just kind of unfortunate to think of that i would love to see the alternate future where Nintendo acquired them, and we were still getting rare games on Nintendo right. today. Because would they be good? I actually don't know. Because Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube was the last game Rare did for Nintendo. And it was not great. <laughs> something something terribly wrong happened there. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been. I think it would have been better as Dinosaur. Well-known fact about the game. It was originally going to be called Dinosaur Planet, and it wasn't a Star Fox game at all. And you right. can uh, yeah. you you can watch a whole demo of the game as Dinosaur Planet on the N64. And something tells me because the game was being made for the N64, it would have been a lot better on that console. Because it feels like physics-wise, it kind of feels like an N64 game when you're controlling it. Everything's a little bit stiff. Um mm. all the Star Fox stuff is really shifed in. I think it had the potential to be a really great Zelda clone. Um, but it just kind of felt bad for the time it came out. Yeah, well, the the timing of it was just, like, around, I guess, when the GameCube was really starting up, I guess, or... It was an early title. I don't, I don't I know exactly what year that was. I think it came out in the first year, if not early in the second year. Like it was a very yeah. early title on the console. And um, Which, that's always that's always the issue, right, with a new console, is you, you want to make sure uh, you have a decent lineup to launch it with to mm -hmm. help push the, those initial sales, but... Uh, <laughs> If you're rushing a game out and that's what you come up with, well, 
yeah, no, it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> no. It's, uh, I, so I'm curious, like, honestly, because most of the people who were um, working at Rare in the glory days of Rare, they left, like, yeah, around the time of, of Microsoft acquiring them. So I am interested to know if we actually would have gotten good games that are Rare um, if they weren't making garbage for Kinect. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think about. They all work at Playtonic now. So, ukulele. Yeah, okay. and that, I have not played that because, I mean, again, I am i don't have any kind of fondness for uh, the banjo games. I have heard, like, completely split opinions on that. Like, particularly the first one. They made a sequel, which was 2D mostly, I think. Yeah, and people love the sequel, actually. Yeah. The first one... Somehow, uh, there's there's parts of it. Some people love it, and some people are like, "No, this sucks." Okay, the <laughs> the problem with it, 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 it's actually a great game. It's but it it is Banjo Three. That is what the game is. Every problem that Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie had is in Ukulele, but they are so mm. much more apparent now because it's a modern game. You know right. what I mean? The worlds are really big, yeah. and they kind of feel a little empty for what they are. The minecart sections are like, it, it, it's kind of like in uh, Donkey Kong 64, where it's like you're changing the gameplay. And I think people were more okay with it back then, but now it's seen as like a uh, a bad thing to do these sort of gameplay choices. Um, yeah, the, the vehicle sections we were talking about before. <laughs> exactly. I really think ukulele, it's, it's pretty much on par with Banjo, but because it's a modern game, all of those like problems... From the 90s are so much bigger now because it's a modern title. So people are too hard on yeah, it for what it is. Well, and that's that's both the blessing and the curse of, I think, a lot of um, developers, you know, obviously wanting to capitalize on the success and the potential nostalgia of um, a lot of those older games now that, you know, the demographic of people like us who were playing those games as kids now coming in and we're like we're older we have jobs and disposable income so let's just make more of that make yeah. gangbusters <laughs> well it's not even but fair not always <laughs> it's not even fair to criticize it for the problems it has this game was kickstarted right by fans and yeah, right yep. the whole thesis of the kickstarter was we are going to make a new banjo kazooie game with different characters it was like it was a, it was a spiritual yep. successor all the way through. And arguably, and they accomplished that. They did it... Honestly, I think they did it perfectly. It is exactly what you would expect out of a third Banjo-Kazooie game. Problems included. <laughs> so, it's not like Mighty Number no. 9 where it's just a bad game. Like, it's just it's just dog <laughs> to play. It's It plays exactly like Banjo-Kazooie. So, I don't know. People yeah. were getting mad for no reason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard, right? Because you, you want to be able to satisfy both the the fans of these games the original games and also hopefully court the crowd of of players that maybe never even touched those games it, there was one point where like seeing honestly seeing ukulele in kind of the periphery you know as as it was you know newly announced and i was it was advertised to me in some way yeah, there was there was a point there was like, huh, 
3D platformer. Not seeing a lot of those these days. I might want to try this game out. And then I never did. <laughs> you know what, though? We got to give that game a lot of credit. Because I, I swear that was the resurgence of 3D platformers. We've been seeing a lot more of them come out ever since Ukulele did. Yeah, well, uh, like... I think of, of one of the other examples that uh, we haven't really mentioned yet, but like Crash 4. I did get that on Switch last year and still intend to play that at some point. I'm very curious to see if that one holds up. It's great. I really hope it does. I'll tell you right I now, mean, it's great. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, to, to have a like to have Toys for Bob working on um, Crash and Spyro games now. Um, with the whole acquisition as well of uh, Activision Blizzard and like, <laughs> well, I mean, see what Microsoft's gonna do with that? Uh, Activision could be great, making... could be trash. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Activision has them making Call of Duty stuff now, and they're not working on Crash and Spyro anymore, which is the most heartbreaking thing ever. Yeah, although I did, um, there was. They had made a post recently where they kind of showed their wall of uh, game releases, and there was one at the end that was very clearly an unannounced game. So I think a lot of people have been speculating, is it another Crash? Is it another Spyro? Like, what what are they even talking about? They haven't announced anything yet, but... Oh, that's interesting. Um, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, take a look. I don't know exactly what to think. Because I, I, I do feel a little bit like, as much as I always followed the Crash games and have definitely had a proper chance to play them now that I have my own PlayStation, it, it feels a little bit like, because I never, other than Crash Team Racing, I don't know that I played a single other game after Crash 3. You did not need All to. of the spinoffs and stuff that they made for GameCube and, and other, other platforms somehow just never interested me and that's fair because they weren't good <laughs> <laughs> once as soon as naughty doc dropped the ip the series just like spyro when insomniac left the ip games tanked they just tanked right well that's another one Insom insomniac uh is another one of those developers where it's like they are still kind of on the level of rare like they're doing a lot of different things, obviously, with, with uh, like, I mean, Ratchet and Clank is <laughs> still a series from back then. But uh, making the Spider-Man titles um, and doing a bang-up job, to be honest. Like, oh, dude, they're they, just they are like one of those dog. companies. It's like, dang, you you want to see what the next game from them is, even if it's not like a sequel necessarily <laughs> they're one of those developers where it's like they don't make bad games you you i will get excited for anything they put out because i know it's going to be yep. quality everything like you look at insomniac's history from spyro to the jack and daxter series all the way to spider-man now which is some of the best like controlling games ever uh, yeah and the same with naughty dog from crash all the way to the last of us now and uncharted it's like wow <laughs> like they just do not make bad games ever so, you don't Just get that, that a lot. that eye for quality. Yeah. Even Nintendo, who, like, they make some of my favorite games of all time. They they, they will put out some garbage. <laughs> they will. <laughs> Insomniac and Naughty Dog, they just don't. Everything they do is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, and here I am, too, then, also waiting for... I mean, this is the, 
the never-ending thing with a Nintendo fan, but you're, you know, I'm sitting here going, all right, so starting to hear more people with rumors of like, oh, we might get a direct, might get a direct, and I'm just going, yeah, I mean, probably not, but I'd love to see one. <laughs> I'd love to hear more about, you know, the the other games that are coming out in the next little bit. I, I don't know if we've necessarily covered everything that's releasing this year. We might get one more announcement because we're getting Pokemon as the holiday, holiday titles. Splatoon 3 is coming. We just got that Kirby's yeah. Dream Buffet game. We might get one more like Shadow Drop title, but I think anything that we would hear from in a direct would be for 2023. Yeah, which, I mean, fair. They, they, uh, they don't make a ton of announcements typically all in at once i mean they don't do that really anymore since the pandemic but um oh, we've gotten some pretty yeah. good it's pretty good directs i think we definitely will get one more maybe even two more this year but uh yeah anything they announce would be for 2023 i'm i'm pretty sure yep i uh i mean zelda fans are uh waiting for that announcement when are we when are we going to see the next breath of the wild i'm oh. sitting here going what about Metroid? <laughs> I am willing to bet we're going to see something about Metroid 4 in the next Direct. I think everybody keeps saying that, and I've always said, like, no, yeah. it's not this one. Nope, it's not going to be that. And I've said that every time, but there's something about this next <laughs> one. I feel like, I, I just have a gut feeling now we're going to see something. It might just be, like, a, a short cinematic teaser, but, like, we're, we're going to see something. Literally anything would be better than the complete radio silence we've got so far. Yeah. No, you're not They wrong. were like, hey, here's the logo. Cut to four <laughs> years later. Actually, um, we're not making it anymore. Uh, we uh, Retro Studios is doing it instead. Because we, we made garbage. So, see you in ten years. <laughs> what I'm more interested in than Metroid 4, to be honest with you, is before they handed it to Retro to fix the game, because whatever apparently Namco made was garbage. Um, yeah. They were working on something for like five years, and then we never saw what it was, and then they started yeah, what doing happened there. So like, there, there's a game that started in de its development like nine years ago now from Retro that we just don't know about, and I yeah. am very curious to what that was. <laughs>